Once you have the letter of intent sorted out, it's gone back and forth. It goes over to the seller. They look at it, assuming they like everything, or you go back and forth a few times. Once it's signed by both parties, then you go to what's called PSA or purchase sale agreement. Unlike single family residential, where you just go to a title company and that's the start. If you're a residential real estate agent earning $200,000 a year and you want to grow your passive income, this show's for you. Learn the secrets other agents use and hear from experts in our field in order to guide you along your journey to investing in assets like apartment communities so that you can turn your commissions into cash flow. I'm Randall DeCleared. Let's go, baby. All right, you're here. You're here to learn. Let's talk multifamily and let's talk the full cycle. This is part three of the series. We're covering the full cycle of uh, finding a deal, getting under contract, managing the deal, disposing of the asset. Right. So this episode today, we're going to talk about the acquisition process where you're submitting an LOI, uh, you get under contract and working with debt, raising capital, all those things that you need to do in order to get to the closing table. All right. So let's dive in in a moment. First, obviously, if you're getting something out of the show, please go on, rate and review. Helps us a ton. Gets us better guests when we have the guests on the show and we're interviewing them and it furthers the reach. So go on, jump on. We're also on YouTube. So if you want to see some of this stuff, go to YouTube and then at Agents Building Cashflow. That's there. And we're also putting out a bunch of small content, short, quick, snippy things on um, Instagram. So you can follow us there at Randall McClear. You probably, that's my name. So easy to find me. <laughs> All right, let's dive in. All right. So you've found a property, you went and you toured it, you liked it, and now you want to submit a letter of intent. So the first things that you want to do, obviously you're having a conversation. You should have had a conversation with a broker throughout this process. I'm assuming that you're buying something that has a broker attached to it. And so you've got to know them. You kind of understand what the seller needs. You need to ask or you should be asking, you know, what's their time preference? Do they have a 1031 they're trying to set up? Or, you know, what is the situation? Is there a loan coming due? So those questions will help you understand the situation on the seller side a little bit better so that you can craft your offer that will be suitable to them or more appealing to them when you are submitting it. So as a heads up, an LOI or letter of intent is a it is what it sounds like. It's a letter of intent. It's a non-binding piece of paper that says, hey, I want to buy for X. Will you sell for that? I'm going to need financials and uh, all these things. I want 30, 60, 90 days or whatever it is to do due diligence. I want 30, 60, 90 days after that to close. Here's how much I'm willing to pay. And here's the date that I want to close. Right. So that's typically in an LOI. There's more to it. But for the purposes of this conversation, that's the starting step for what you are trying to do. Stay through to the end of this episode. I will happily give you a template for a letter of intent. Just wait through to the end and I'll give you a link. All you got to do is go down, download it. It's going to be free and we'll give you that. Some of the things to consider when you are crafting your LOI, um, like I said, you hopefully have had the conversation with what the seller's expectations are so that you understand how much earnest money you should be putting down, the closing timeline, the approximate time for due diligence, all of those things. If they fit within your needs, then you know, work with them to try to get that deal closed. I say all of that because in recent times, I'd say 2020 uh, through 2022, early 23, um, there were offers going out that were not contingent on financing, uh, not, sorry, not contingent on uh, due diligence period. So that means that if you are putting up $50,000 day one as um, 
as the the option money or the um, inspection uh, money, then that goes hard day one. Meaning you're never getting that back. If you back out of that deal, that fifty thousand is gone. Um, that has kind of gone away. And so again, having those expectations or understanding the expectations in the current market market cycle, coupled with what the seller's expectations are, will help you win more deals if you're um, if you're taking all of those things into account. So once you have the letter of intent uh, sorted out, it's gone back and forth. It goes over to the to the seller. They look at it, assuming they like everything, or you go back and forth a few times. Once it's signed by both parties, then you go to what's called PSA or purchase sale agreement. Um, unlike single family residential, where you just go to a title company and that's the start, or you have a promulgated form from your local real estate commission, um, you will be using an attorney for most of these transactions. Um, smaller ones, you could still use the promulgated forms. Um, but most of the time, it's going to take the letter of intent. It's going to go straight to your attorney or their attorney, whoever's drafting the documents, and they will create the purchase and sale agreement. All right. So now you guys both signed the PSA. Boom. You are under contract. Congratulations. Very cool day, but that's when all the work really starts. Um, you start your due diligence period. You start talking to lenders. You have to start raising capital depending on the size of the deal. Those three things are what make and break the deal. So if you're Doing the due diligence that kicks off ideally, and I didn't mention this in any of the previous two weeks, you're having conversations with property managers and you have selected one and you said, hey, I'm buying 123 Main Street. How much are you going to charge me to manage it? And what do you project the expenses are going to be for that property the way you guys will manage it? And they'll run through and they'll give you that. You can then take that and plug it in. We talked about your underwriting and your pro forma last week. You plug their numbers into the pro forma. You are also talking to a lender at the same time, and that lender is going to run their own pro forma, and they can give you that. And again, you look at their numbers, and you look at a property manager's numbers, and you look at your own numbers if you have the experience, and you say, okay, this is where I'm going to settle. This is how we're going to project this property. So again, you have the due diligence. The reason I brought up the property manager was day of closing or as soon after closing as you can get it, you want them on site with their entire team with the contractors, with everybody that they need in order to analyze that property from head to toe. So you want the roofs checked. You want to go into every single apartment. You need to have, most of them are going to have some technology with them that allows them to take pictures on their iPad, make notes, and every single unit is going to get uh, a full review. In addition to that, you're going to have uh, a lease review. So they're going to sit down in the office, every single lease they're going to look at and check it and make sure that it's the way it should be, make notes about it, all of those things. And you get the lease audit is what it's called. All right. So you have all the due diligence going, say everything goes great. You don't need to make any changes. You're not going to do what's called a retrade where you go back to the seller and ask them for less money or whatever. That's a retrade. It happens all the time. Don't be afraid to do it. And those things are happening. And then you're also talking to the lender. So you need to be securing the debt side of the equation in this phase. There's a loan fee, typically a broker fee, if you're using a a loan broker. And so you're going to have more money that's coming out of pocket at this stage in order to secure the financing and get them working on their end as well. This process is going to inform the initial underwrite that you did. If the debt comes back and they say, well, we're not going to be able to get to that five and a half rate. It's now six and a half. You need to put that in your performance and make sure the deal doesn't die. Right? So those are, those things are happening in this due diligence phase usually 30 to 60 days, depending on the seller's needs and your goals, right? The other thing that you are working on in this phase is going to be the capital raise. So if you are syndicating the deal, meaning you're 
running it, but you're going to go raise capital from everybody else for the equity side. Say it's a $5 million raise. You need to go out and start raising that money. Whole other story going on there. Just depends on if you have a syndication company set up and that's what you're going out and doing. If you have a big list of investors, then you're hitting a you know a webinar doing something in order to promote the deal and what you're offering because you're essentially be offering a security at that point. And I cover that with a number of operators. We talk about deal structure and deal flow on prior episodes. So please go back and listen to those and get more detail on those. We're not going to cover it right now, but the equity side of it, you're going out and raising that money so that you're trying to get all these things put together so that you know you know by the end of due diligence that you are good to go and you're going to pursue the deal, right? So that's pretty much the process from the letter of intent, the due diligence phase or letter of intent, the PSA due diligence phase, and then getting it to the closing table. So assuming all of that goes the way you want it to, or if you had to make adjustments with the seller, you do those things, but you're still pushing and marching forward to the closing date. And so assuming all of that happens, then you close on the property and that's where we're going to pick it up next time. As promised, you made it through to the end. So I'm going to give you a link that you can go to or a website that you can go to and just download a free letter of intent. So that website is www.commission2cashflow.com forward slash LOI. All right. And the number in commission to cash flow is two. It's the number two. It's not T-W-O. All right. Or T-O. Commission to the number two, cashflow.com forward slash LOI. All right, guys. It was great having you on again. I will see you on the next episode. Surprisingly, most of the agents we speak with got into real estate hoping to gain passive income and become work optional. However, only one in five ever start investing. Most are simply too afraid to start. Once you get educated by listening to this show, you'll be able to overcome that fear and become the one in five who are finding financial freedom. Don't miss a single episode. If you want to stay up to date, the best way is to make sure you're subscribed. So if you haven't done that, go ahead and do it now. And we'll catch you on the next episode.